Review Cultist. And I'm Mikey, the East Ends for Evil. And we're here to discuss those internet stores most creepy and most pasta. Tonight we have 11 Miles. So, yeah, for those of you just tuning in, creep pastas are short internet stores that get copied and based across the air. You know what? If you've listened to this show enough, you've heard that spiel before. You're fans of creepypasta. And if you're not, go Google creepypasta. I'm done doing that description. Moving forward. <laughs> You know, with the advent of technology, why don't you just record it once and splice it in? Moving right along. (laughs) Um, And yes, we're doing 11 Miles, uh, which is by Emery, with two Y's, uh, on creepboss.wiki. They've got a bunch of stories out and down there. Um, And uh, you can also hear a reading of it on on YouTube. There's a bunch of them, but uh, one particular is uh, Creepasta Jr. So... We'll just dive right into this one. So it's written in the second person uh, and done up kind of like a manual or instructions to how to get your greatest desires reality by following this dark challenge of a car ride. So basically it's like a ritual pasta. Um, you think on what you want the most uh, and then you go down a lonely wooded road at night uh, and the 11th mile road with no name will appear. Uh, and then you start going down it basically. Um, mm-hmm. Though you have to make sure you uh, with your uh, make sure with yourself that this is exactly what you want to do, and that you're prepared to do it. Um, so because there's no turning back after the, I think the first mile. Yeah. But so with the first mile, there's not much difference. It will start getting colder, and the sky is suddenly clear and full of stars. Uh, also, the coldness basically gets worse moving forward. Um, mm-hmm. So, uh, to the point where you're like, you're not, not even your heater's going to work properly or it's going to stop your car. Uh, or if you stop your car, um, you're going to die of exposure. Yeah. Uh, so, you just got to keep focusing on the road ahead. Uh, so the second mile, uh, it's colder and it's a rougher road. And just keep going or you're going to freeze to death. Third mile, uh, there are silhouetted figures along the tree line. Ignore them and keep going. Uh, fourth mile, silhouetted figures still, but now they started whispering in your mind. Just ignore them. Fifth mile, one side of the road will give way to a beautiful lake that shines moonlight onto the road. Just ignore this or you're going to crash, so press on. Uh, sixth mile, back to the woods. And if you didn't turn off your radio, get ready for a sharp screaming that's going to send you reeling off the, off the, uh, the road. If you did turn it off, it's going to turn on anyway, but with a calm voice that will speak your greatest fears, and if you listen, you'll feel that fear innately. Uh, so ignore that and keep on. Seventh mile, the figures return, uh, but this time distant screams, and eventually one will be in your car with behind you trying to make you turn to see it and cause you to crash. Just ignore it and press on. Eighth mile, lots of sharp and tight turns. At this point, super freezing... Uh, temperatures, and the lights are actually going to start flickering. Lots of screaming and laughter, uh, grasping hands, hoping to uh, get at you. Hope you have an enclosed car for this one. Uh, just ignore all this, because it's not going to obscure your vision uh, in front of you, and just press on. Uh, ninth mile. 
Your vehicle will start. Uh, will start. Yeah. Your vehicle will stall. Uh, lights will go out. Close your eyes and try to restart your car. The silhouettes outside will try to damage the car, but the restart will spook them. Once started again, floor it and just press on. For the tenth mile, the silhouettes will stop screaming, speaking, and chasing you, and just simply follow you. This mile is a lot smoother. It's kind of a lull for the next one. Uh, the eleventh mile, uh, you'll lose all power, but your car will be propelled by an unseen force. It'll be all dark except for a red light ahead. Shut your eyes and don't peek at all. Um, otherwise, you will die. Uh, passing the red light, you'll is kind of like I guess the red light is a uh, like a, a, a veil or some kind of a, a threshold. As uh, you suddenly, once you pass it, you'll suddenly be surrounded uh, from all sides with an intense heat that will feel like you're being um, burned to like burned right down to your bones. Um, and you will hear all sorts of torment and screams beyond imagining. It's very sanity blasting. Um, however, it only lasts for about 31, for, for exactly 31 seconds, so you just gotta hold on till then. Um, and then it's all over. After the final mile, compose yourself and drive to a dead end, about a kilometer away. Um, focus on what you want most and close your eyes once you get to this dead end. When you open them, you'll be back at the beginning of the road, uh, where it appeared on the other road that you were just driving down at night. Uh, time will have stopped while you were in on the road, so time will not have changed, really. Um, whatever you want will be there, either in the car with you or if it was something else. It'll be in your life now. And you can go home. Or, is there something else you desired? I mean, the road's right there. You might as well go down it. You got this, right? You did it. You've already done this. You're fine. And that's kind of how the story ends. <laughs> um, leaving you off with this temptation. Um, so, yeah, that's basically the story. Like, it's, <laughs> it's very kind of procedural in its work, and uh, I'll get into my thoughts on it. Uh, so my first thought, was, as I was reading it, was that oh, this is just a ritual pasta trying to, like, basically come up with a bunch of, like, things, like kind of like the, like the Bloody Mary or, like, to a degree how... Rap Rat was, <laughs> kind of, except... I don't know, Rap Rat was kind of a ritual bust, wasn't it? Uh, well, it... No, it sort of had a story. Okay, that's true. This it... one, well, we'll get into that one of this one, because, um... Yeah, so, like, like a ritual bust like, again, Bloody Mary, or, like, mm -hmm. those kind of... Or, like, the Three Kings um, ritual, which is really just a, like, here's what you gotta do in order to do this thing to get a reward or something like that. Um... And indeed, it's even categorized in on creepypasta wiki in under the genre ritual. However, as I kept reading it, um, I also and especially by the ending, I also I consider this just really a second-person perspective story. Um, it describes some interesting obstacles and challenges on this journey um, that are simple enough to not want me to ask some questions regarding how one might know about some of the stuff. However, it's not yeah. perfect. Yeah. Um, but, like, otherwise, it, it also... But it still, like, was described well enough that... Uh, or with enough vagaries that it was... Uh, it still was enigmatic and creepy. Like, or, like, had, like... Gave, gave, it still gave me, like, a theater of the mind, like, um, that I could play with a little bit. Mm -hmm. um, it's done in a formulaic procedural way, like a ritual pasta. But I was never really bored reading it. Um, like I wanted to keep reading the, uh, each to see which what each mile was. Um, 
the last two paragraphs are what made this feel less like an instructional story, or an instructional story, and more with the temptation angle. Make it feel like there was a character here going through this. I guess, I guess to a degree, the reader, <laughs> since that's kind of how second-person perspective stories go. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't usually care for that kind of story. Like, like I'd rather have like a third-person or a first-person perspective story. Mm-hmm. Um, Mainly because it's easy to do them badly, uh, but yeah, yeah, no. Uh, but this one, I don't know. It's ultimately it seemed well written, um, but there are a handful of issues that glared at me, and I'm gonna bring them up. Uh, some easily fixable, for example, some easily fixable sp- uh, spelling issues, uh, such as first paragraph there, um, sorry there er uh, instead of uh, instead of there. Uh, so like it it was. In the paragraph, it's T H E R E dash R E, when it should be there, as in T H E Y dash R E. Is it a dash? Yeah. Yeah, with an apostrophe. Yeah, apostrophe. That's right. Yeah, sorry. <laughs> grammar Nazi, my grammar Nazi. <laughs> Yo, dog, I heard you like grammar Nazi, so I put grammar Nazi in your grammar Nazi. Anyway, um, in the second paragraph, um, there have been a. S- there have been a select few that have used small vehicles or small motorized vehicle, such as an ATV or a motorcycle. It should be vehicles for plural. Mm-hmm. Um, also, this journey, like also regarding that uh, that whole thing, um, yeah, this journey would suck balls yeah. <laughs> if you were using an ATV or a motorcycle. Like th- that's definitely the person who's not making it through this trip. Yeah. Or if they are, they have like they have fucking will of steel. Yeah, <laughs> like they have iron wills, because like, like, like we mentioned earlier, like later on, like the the grasping hands and stuff like that. It's like, how would you survive? How would you get? Th- you just have to like basically yeah. just accelerate to get through that. But then there's the spot where the car or vehicle stops, and yeah. they come in and swallow yeah. you, and then you gotta turn it on again. Really, oh, that was so fucking. Oh yeah, that'd be so bad. Twenty um, second paragraph, uh, horrified. Should it be horrified or terrified? Mm-hmm. Like it's literally horror and then ified, mm-hmm. smashed together. Um, also, I don't. Also, uh, so I don't know if this is a valid point to bring up, but it, it kind of stuck out for me. But there's a number of just non-paragraphs that are single sentences separated, and I guess it's to punctuate a certain point or guideline. But it just like. I don't know, it just seemed like there was a lot of those, like, just single lines, like, that were separated between paragraphs. Mm-hmm. And I kind of included that under, like, like when I say 20-second paragraph, that I'm basically counting those as uh, as a separation. Because yeah, they're currently talking about the specific mile you're on, and yeah. it's just an extra sentence. Yeah. Why not, Why not just include it with the other paragraph? <laughs> exactly, yeah. Uh, I don't know if that's a valid thing to bring up, but it's just something that stuck out when I was looking at reading, when I was going back through it to get my notes down together for this. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's one prominent run-on sentence I was able to actually find. Uh, it's very at the beginning. It's actually one that I've already partially brought up. Um, it involves the vehicle in issue, but I'll fix the vehicle part on it. There have been a select few that have used small motorized vehicles, such as an ATV or motorcycle, but this has proven to be quite difficult as the conditions of the journey can prove to be bothersome. Yeah, it's, that's, mm. that's a little nonsense, right? Like, that's... I'm not crazy. <laughs> yeah, it seems like it. Yeah. Um, also, regarding this, as, about this point, I was actually... Start, uh, in my head, I started... Uh, 
reading the story as Vincent Price. <laughs> like, kind of like that. I don't know, maybe it's the way the story's written, but it kind of gave me this, like, like the voice of, like, a cautionary yet sinister or playful kind of, like, reading of it. Um, just, it's, that's really kind of like a personal thing that came up when I was reading the story. Um, here's, another, uh, here's another quote um, to bring up. Uh, you'll never want to exceed 30 miles per hour unless you're desperate to make it through a section of the road. And most importantly, as with any drive, buckle up. Safety first, even when traversing the supernatural. <laughs> yeah. Um, and then I have another one, another quote here. Um, if, you didn't turn it, if you didn't turn it off beforehand, it will produce an overwhelming screech that will send you off the path. So, will it do this 100% of the time? Because some people have better situational reaction to loud noises and better yeah. fortitude or will to not yeah. do that from sudden noises and stuff like that. Or does it just control your, like, mind control you to go off, veer off? Like a hack of some kind, like a mental hack. Yeah, I don't know. <laughs> yeah, like, just, like, it's just like, matter of fact, yeah, you're always going to, like, you're always yeah. going to do that. Um, and to kind of segue a little bit to that, um... This is because one of uh, this is a separate one. This is regarding the um, uh, the creature that pops up behind uh, in the back of your car. This is because one of the figures have found their way into your vehicle again, one hundred percent of the time. How? How did they get into your car? <laughs> if it's enclosed, yeah. I mean, aside from you know magic. <laughs> it's a shadow, <laughs> and only the shadow knows. <laughs> Wow, that is a dated reference. <laughs> uh, the figures lining the road uh, being failed attendees or attempties of the uh, ritual uh, and trying to drag down the next would-be person to pass through the, uh, the ritual is a tried and tested concept as a hazard or consequential cautionary tale in folklore. And I kind of respect it being placed, it being used in this story. Like, it kind of feels like it... it for me, it feels like it um, helps the story or ritual uh, be more steeped in something older. Like it grounds it in something more familiar, like uh, in terms of like urban legends and, and folk stories. Um, so I kind of like that that aspect of it, of it, the whole like the damned souls uh, like marching along the uh, the side, trying to drag you down with it. Um, and here's another quote regarding that. Their hands will claw at your. Er, their hands will claw at your windows, desperate to reach and feel something living. God, I cannot stress enough how much it would suck to have an ATV or a motorcycle. <laughs> <laughs> like it's just a bad idea. Yep. Um, and to touch on something that I, I mentioned, kind of, I, I say in the uh, in the rundown, to bring it up a little bit more thoroughly. So. After only a kilometer, your vehicle will arrive at a dead end. Wait, why use kilometers now? Yes. Did this, did this, yep. did this, did the road start in the U.S. and end in Canada? Yeah. <laughs> like, I, like, like, and that, like, what? I, like, we're already using miles, and I was like, oh, after only a kilometer. <laughs> yeah. Um, and yeah. then I've got that quote here. Hold okay. Yeah, no, sure I, I got it. Yeah. It's like, yeah. After only a kilometer, your vehicle will arrive at a dead end. I just said that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. that's exactly the oh, quote. So you pulled that exact quote like for your stuff. Yeah. Nice. Yeah. <laughs> just like. <laughs> All right. Why you? I just don't understand why you use 
kilometer after you've used miles for the entire story. Yep. <laughs> like, use a completely different measurement or yeah. type means of measurement. Like, you could easily just say after about half a mile. Yeah. Yeah. But, no, they, 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 well, apparently you're in Canada now. Yep. <laughs> in that last, apparently the, the hell, like, the end of this hell, uh, hell dimension is in Canada. Yeah, it's like, why the hell, you know, it, the story, like, it went through Imperial for the whole thing and then suddenly went metric. <laughs> Yeah. Right at the end. Like, apparently that's what the hell dimension comes from. <laughs> the hell dimension's in metric and right at the very end. Like, they crossed a border after the 11th mile. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, what the story doesn't tell you is that as soon as you get past all the miles, you're suddenly in a world where metric took over. 16-hour days. Dun, 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 dun. <laughs> <laughs> also, I just realized the story could be a really good analogy for uh, for border control. <laughs> Focus on your greatest desire: getting across the American Canadian border. <laughs> it's only eleven miles. <laughs> Topical. <laughs> anyway, um, I do have another uh, uh, another beef. This is my, another beef I had with this one. Um, so, at, so this is a quote. As stated before, the sounds of the eleventh mile will continue to exist in your mind, and, it's, and later on, and like insinuating that you're stuck with the uh, with these these things moving forward. However, is it stated before? Because the closest I could find was this quote: "Let the screaming in your ear begin to fade, and know that you have nearly completed the, your journey with the hardest task overcome." And that doesn't actually, like, that is the closest I could find to, like, describing the screams in your head and some of that by the end. And it's really just, it's complete opposite of what you stated, what you're saying this thing stated earlier. Well, it, it, probably the memory of the voices. It could be that, yeah. Because that could be traumatizing in some way. Well, yeah, because they do say it's sanity blasting, like, hearing all those things through your mind. But it's just like... It just, it just seemed like, it's like, as stated before. It's like, you didn't state that before. Mm. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Um, but that's, that's my notes, at least until the very end, uh, until like, we do like recommendation stuff. However, I do have a cultist corner, which is my, own, my new uh, little segment for uh, when it comes to things I think Cthulhu should be in. Is, it, um, is that a theme song? Cultist corner. <laughs> cultist corner. Yeah. Jazz hands. <laughs> It's like the 30s, which is Cthulhu's period. <laughs> anyway, um, I don't know if you want me to bring this up before you can go into yours. Um, it's kind of like your nitpo- uh, nitpick corner, or nitpick nook. Um, you can if you want. Okay. So, yeah, this is the, the cultist corner. Yeah! Jaws hands. Jazz hands. <laughs> Jaws hands? Oh, God! <laughs> Jazz hands. Um, so... This is totally my mythos-riddled mind talking, but based on the descriptions of this journey, I'm not entirely convinced this isn't a trip to the Plateau of Lang or Carcosa itself. Like, what with it getting colder and colder, the spectacular and strange lake, Lake Holly, anyone? Um, Other trapped victims integrated into the ritual world, or even the red light of Aldebaran, Alderbaran being the red giant star uh, tied to the king in yellow mythos, uh, or the mythos in general. How do we know that all those stars that like are just like filling the sky aren't fully aligned? <laughs> and, the great, and this is like the great old one's realm? And then all this to get something changed about your reality. Yep, sounds like the work of either Nyarlathotep or the king in yellow to me. But I digress. <laughs> 
Call this corner over. <laughs> That's the end of Call this corner. Yeah, jazz hands. <laughs> Uh, so that's basically my thoughts, at least until we get down to recommendations. So, Mikey, D stands for evil. Alright. Uh, I'm gonna start with the, uh, key issue, um, which is the coldness factor. Mm-hmm. Uh, starting with mile eight. The cold is near fatal here. If you were to have a glass or bottle of liquid in your vehicle, it would be solid in seconds. Okay, you're dead. Yeah. <laughs> Your skin is frozen. <laughs> you, know, you know what else is a container that has lots of fluids in it? You! <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And then the the ninth mile also is colder, and then your vehicle will stall. And I was thinking, well, the gasoline is freezing. Because, I mean, we had water freezing, or other liquids, yeah. so... And gasoline freezes between minus 40 and minus 50. I found out online. I'm just picturing that uh, scene from... Uh... The day after tomorrow, where they go through the the, the cold vortex, where and like basically the, the helicopters like antifreeze um, like fleet fuel systems and all that freeze over and then it crashes and the guy gets out and as he's getting out, shh, yeah. <laughs> just freezes instantly. Yeah. Well, at extreme cold temperatures, you you literally freeze. You're dead. <laughs> yeah. Uh, in fact, I remember hearing in the news one time in Alaska there was a worker. And he had all his gear on, and he was really hot. He was sweating. And he made the mistake of taking off his hat. His ear froze and shattered. Damn. <laughs> like, that... That's how cool <laughs> this section is. <laughs> yeah. Um, and the other thing is the heater not working. The, your whole windshield's going to fog up. Yeah. <laughs> like th- these are things that could have been added. Like your skin's going to start to freeze. You're going to want to move faster. Unless, like, of course, it's all like an illusion. Like <laughs> like a lot of the stuff in the story seems to be, or like yeah. more like a like more of like you're, you're. It's not actually happening to you, but it's trying to make you feel like that's happening. Okay. At least until you stop, and then you're dead. <laughs> yeah, or just keep going. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like the story keeps hammering in. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, sorry, it, it should also yeah. be mentioned that yeah, if that's the case where it's all like an illusion, like the cold's all an illusion, that should be kind of mentioned. Like again, like the fi- like like the intense heat that you get in the eleventh one when you're yeah. going across the uh, the hellscape or whatever, yeah. like it's all an illusion, it only lasts for thirty one seconds. Well then, so you should probably mention at some point that the cold is also some kind of illusion, so yeah. that you don't get that kind of because again, like there are plot holes in the story that are brought up because of the, some of the descriptions. Mm-hmm. So. Sorry. Yeah, so the cold is the, the key thing. The sort of like, yeah, he's not making it past mile eight. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> no, no, he's done. <laughs> or whoever's doing this is done. Yeah, yeah. An interesting fact, minus 40 degrees is both uh, Celsius and Fahrenheit. Damn. Because that's where they equal out. That's minus 40. crazy. <laughs> <laughs> We've had those temperatures out here, up here. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Uh, and we've already sort of touched on it that there's no real 
explanation of how the narrator knows things. Like, yeah, like how um, do we know that the shadow beings are evil and well? It's speculated. Yeah, who's speculate? Is there like a like? A, is there like a? Uh, it's like, hi, my name's Ted. Hi, Ted. So I I performed the uh, the, the the eleven mile ri- ritual and uh, I got a, a new wife. <laughs> oh, good for you. It's like, yeah, but I have some I have some questions. <laughs> yeah, like. Yeah. Like, I like, uh, and I do. I, I had that in my uh, notes for like my re- like rec- my bottom line for recommendation stuff of it. Is that the story? The descriptions are well done. Like, uh, like they're they're nice to l- the read mm-hmm. and like visualize. But sometimes they off ask. They do ask questions, or they they they, uh, they bring they, up questions. They bring up questions like, "How do you know this? If you're not supposed to ever see these things, otherwise you die." Yeah, yeah. Like it's. Why also, technically, I think this is less of a ritual possible with instructional thing and more just a second-person perspective story. Because that way, the narrator isn't... Um, like, these aren't, like, hard facts really about it. It's just the anonymous, omnipresent narrator telling us this through second-person perspective. Mm-hmm. But, yeah, if you take it more like the... like. An instructional thing, it makes no goddamn sense. Because yeah. why are you supposed to... Like, there'd be way more vagaries about it. Mm-hmm. Well, and another issue I have is that it wasn't really a story. No, it, as we like, that's the whole ritual issue. Yeah, like, because it starts off with, "Oh well, what is it that you desire? Is it fame, fortune, yeah. love? What's your pleasure, <laughs> sir?" <laughs> yeah, yeah, like, and then and then it's like, "What if you? Could, what if?" Uh, it's like, "Well, there's a ritual you can do that'll let you get yeah. your greatest desire." Um, and then yeah, it goes in. and actually like that was part of my problem with like when after we I read the story, I was like I spent a little bit of time thinking whether or not I liked the story or not because it's a ritual story, which ritual pastas can be a little bit iffy because again they pre- they present this attempt to fool the reader and think something's real to add mm-hmm. on to that immersion level, right? Yeah. However, that can also be always taken the wrong way, and I don't always I, I don't. Somehow, like, again, like, when you're reading fiction and stuff like that, it's cool to think, like, to, like, to dream or, like, like wonder. It's like, oh, is it real? Like, is Bloody Mary a, a real thing? But you don't want to ever actually do it. Or the people that yeah. actually do it, um, and or they do it in all seriousness, it can sometimes be a little hurt. It can be harmful. Uh, especially when it comes to horror-based ritual pastas. Because, like, again, like... Um, sometimes there's sacrifice involved, and that never works out well in, rea- in reality. Mm-hmm. Um, but because they're supposed to be treated as fiction, not as a real thing. Um, so that's why I, it's always a touchy subject when it comes to ritual pastas. However, as I was reading this one, especially by the end, I found less of a ritual, like, instructional thing on what to do, and more like just a second-person perspective story. And I don't really like second-person perspective stories, generally, because it's... They they start they can be, they're done poorly a lot of the time, mm-hmm. um, the way they're written and uh, uh, again they come sometimes come up like this like a ritual like almost like an instructional manual on how to do something. Yeah. Uh, well, and part of the issue that I had was that it didn't really feel like a story to me. Yeah, like, like the it felt like someone was make in the process of making a story and I was like. Well, let's have eleven miles, and then on this mile, this happens, and this mile, this happens, and this. Yeah, mile, the procedural formulaic, and like, then, down, like following that that narrative. Yeah. Instead of like fleshing it out and going further, they just said, "Oh well, I, I know what's happening. Like this is all the stuff that happens." 
I'm just going to use this. And, then, and like, it, it work, it, it's not a bad second-person perspective story, mainly because the saving grace is the ending. <laughs> like, the temptation angle thing at the end is, is really what kind of made me, like, rethink it as a ritual thing. However, I do agree with you. Um, yeah. This story would be, like, and I have, have that in my notes for the ending of it, or for when we finished, now that you've, well, since we're already at the point, I might as well say it. I would have preferred this story to be a third-person or first-person yeah. perspective story where we had a character that we followed along yeah, with, rather exactly. than be a... Basically, oh, you're the reader. You're doing this, yeah, kind of thing. Like, I, I just don't like those stories that yeah. as much as yeah. a third person or first yeah. person perspective. And this is sort of like a solid basis for yeah. a story, but to me, it's not a story. Like, uh, you can improve it by, like, say, making it a first or third person, and having a character, having a day. character, and then. Uh, instead of telling us what happens in each mile, like right off the get-go, you just have a main character talking with someone. They mention this, mm -hmm. like how to get to the road, and then you just have to get get through it type thing. And then you have the main character essentially going through the trials to get what he wants. Yeah. And if you add some form of emotional side, like say he's doing it uh, because it's kids died in a tragic accident. And he wants, yeah, exactly. and he wants his kids back. Yeah. And that then, when he makes it all the way through, you could put a twist in where he only gets one kid back. Yeah. And then it's like, yeah, well, and then it's like do I go again? Yeah, exactly, yeah. Like, you can't have, like, you can only have one desire done every, like, it's not, you have, I want money and, and fame. Well, you can only get money or fame yeah. unless you go back in. Yeah. <laughs> and that's really the trap of it. Like, because it seems like this thing is some kind of, like, not even malevolent force. It's just it's a tester. Like it's a it's yeah. it's a it's a benign. It it doesn't really care either one or the other. It just it it tries to t it tries to eat you halfway through or basically throughout the entire story or throughout the entire journey you're in this thing or in this dimension um, or whatever this reality place is. Which again, I, my 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 mind instantly goes to Carcosa because of a, a spectacular lake with a moon that shines light down onto the thing. It's like. Yeah, it just and I, I know that's probably not the or again like the red like I, I instantly thought the red um, light at the end was basically a giant red star and you're basically just going across it. But again, that's my mythos Cthulhu mythos uh, mind kind of working um, on the back on the back burner. So like it could be again like a hellish kind of like deal with the devil kind of yeah. thing. Except there is no real the only real like um, uh, let's see. With a bargain, like the only the only uh, downside or the only like uh, like what's the catch kind of thing in the story is that well I mean there's the temptation to go back in yeah you've already, you've already done it you might yeah. as well try to get like it. The, there's no consequence in this story it's except just, for temptation no, and nothing really happens because of the fact that the desires aren't decided at the beginning yeah yeah it, again like that's okay, well again like it. it, yeah. it it starts off like uh, it kind of like you said like it starts off as a like a instructional thing on how to do this, and then for me by the end like it kind of became a story, but only by the end mm -hmm. because of that that little temptation angle at the end. Um, but again, like the way it's written because it's done in second person perspective, that's how that that's why we don't have a character here except for the, us as a reader. Um, I don't know. Yeah. Uh, yeah. <laughs> mm -hmm. Yes. So that's the the key issues that I would have preferred a story. <laughs> you would have preferred more of a, a like a different narrative to then what we got. Well, 
essentially what we have here could have been no end road. That's exactly what I was thinking. Yeah, like uh, I was, I was like, I was literally drawing parallels to because yeah, as it is right now, it again, it's it's more or less. Um, it's telling and not showing. Yeah. Um, like, it's it's basically the instruction version of No End House. Yeah. Um, and as I was, like, I was, like, again, like, I kind of, I've been mumbling over off and on between, like, since I finished reading the story. And, yeah, when I, when, I, when I was trying to think of it, like, well, if we put give it a character, that's basically No End House, just on a road. Yeah. <laughs> And has the character ever done? <laughs> but actually, I like I like this. End, I do like the ending with this one because again, like yeah, it's over. There is no like trickery. It's the only trickery it gets is well, you're already at the beginning. You want to try again? <laughs> you want to try? It's basically a gamble. Like, do you yeah. want to gamble with fate again? Shake hands with the devil? Yeah, and, and there's no guarantee that the second time you go through will be the same. Yeah, like that the. the Miles yeah, like, will be in the same order. <laughs> well, apparently, it's always the, according to this story that they're always the same oh. uh, situation, right? Like it said, it basically yeah. says like there's going to be this, ignore it. There's going to be this, ignore. Like it's always, it's almost always the same. It seems. But then what there's if, always going to be a thing that tries to like sneak that that will sneak into your car behind you and try and get you to veer off the road. But then, what if nobody's been through it a second time? That's true. Then so wait. You would never know. It's always it's always the same the first time around for everybody, but it cha- but nobody's ever gone back again or lived to cut and tell the tale because the, it changed the second time. Yeah. See, that would be a good sequel to the story. Yeah. Like, yeah, to have like and make it a different like narrative, like try a different like perspective, and have it like yeah, like oh, I did this the first time and I got like again I got my one kid back, but I want my second kid back, and but it's it's completely different. The rules have changed. Hmm. Because that's you either like uh, I find like in stories, and I, I'm sure Leviathan will 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 scream somewhere in the distance wherever he is. Um, but like with with stories, you either if you're making a sequel to a story, you either keep to the rules, yeah. or you change them, you throw them on their head, yeah, to make it more interesting, to escalate it, yeah. Like because otherwise it's boring. Why are you writing another sequel? Yeah. Um, but yeah, so yeah, I'm done with it. <laughs> <laughs> And that's pretty much the majority of my notes over with. Did I touch on a bunch of them? Yes. Okay. Yes, you did. <laughs> Yay! I okay. trained you well. <laughs> no! <laughs> um, so yeah, for me, the bottom line with the story is I would have preferred a character to read, like I said, um, to go on this journey with. As it is as a second-person perspective narrative goes... It's not bad. Uh, it's well written. I, I enjoyed the descriptions of the place and things, but it just has some has some some glaring issues um, that could be easily fixed, um, and it just has the issues that a second person perspective story generally has mm-hmm. is that it feels more like an instructional thing, um, and maybe that's the point. Maybe that like because it is a it is classified under ritual. Like the person put that into the genre, so. Maybe it would start off as a ritual story, like where it was basically just instructions on how to do something creepy, and then they decided to leave it off at that. Um, yeah, uh, yeah. Basically, that's that's my notes. Uh, like the the only yeah, like like I, I just touched on. So uh, ultimately, I would recommend it because um, it's an interesting story. It's an interesting. Uh, it's an interesting ride. It's an interesting journey. Um, 
obviously don't do it. <laughs> don't try this at home. <laughs> but it, it like for the ending alone, like I like I, I think it's worth reading through and uh, getting to that part, and then like getting that like it's like oh well you know you're already there you might as well go in again. It's like dun 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 dun. Um, but yeah, I would definitely if if uh, if there's ever a sequel or ever a um, a rewrite or something like that, I would like to see a uh, like see it done with a, with a character going through this um, and experiencing this stuff. Uh, but yeah, ultimately, I would recommend it. So, Mikey, these things for you. Uh, well, the the key issue for me is that it it feels like a story that's in the planning stages. Because, like I said before, it's going yeah. through the systematically what happens at each stage. And that's fine when it's sort of storyboarding. But when you actually make a story, <laughs> I like uh, having it having something to follow other than just, oh, well, this section and this section and this yeah. section. Well, that's... But, again, it's an in- instructional ritual... Yeah, it's a proce- using the procedural narrative, like basically, like at this point, this happens. At this point, this happens. It's same thing with with uh, with um, no end house. Like each well, room had a different des- yes, had a new description. But at least with no end house, there was you a, have a like, character going through it, and you get to experience what he's experiencing. Yeah, and what he's doing, as opposed to oh yeah, the if you're in a car and you're going down, this will happen. It's like, well, again, <laughs> like, it, it's just, honestly, to me, like, I just see that as the difference between perspective. Like, yeah, that's, that's really the, like, the story was written this way and that's why it's like that. And the it, otherwise yeah. they'd be the same, otherwise it'd be the same kind of narrative because they kind of have the same kind of plot point or not plot points, but like wow. they have the same like journey. It'd be the same kind of journey because you're going from like one place to the other. Yeah. And they're just written in two different ver- ways. Is that a bad thing? I don't like the. If you think about it, yeah. we enjoyed No End House yeah. for the the visuals, the the journey that he goes on. Mm-hmm. Like that's the whole point. Yeah. Um, and in this, uh, it's a lot more flat, a lot more it's it's like a lot more flat. a lot more like the, like just simple like in your like yeah this factual. It's a lot it's more, more factual. Yeah. Basically, oh what what do you desire? And I was like, well. I have to come up with what the story is about for, like, the desire things. Like, I desire... I don't know. My time back. Uh, A McRib. (laughs) (laughs) It's like, I really want the limited edition sandwich. Oh, you know what I would love? A whole case of Crystal Pepsi. (laughs) Uh, Like, it... When you have an actual character that has goals, yeah, no. that at the beginning you can see whatever, mm-hmm. and then you can flow, and then when you reach the end and he gets it, then you go, "All right, it was you went through the journey. It was a satisfying ending type yeah. thing." And then, like I've stated, if it was going for his kids and he only gets one back, then, then there's can, a reason to go back. Then you can keep the whole question at the end, like, "Does he go back in?" Mm-hmm. Which like you said, is part of what you liked about it. Yeah. But to me, because there is um, no no person to really care about, and there's no real... I don't know what I'm trying to say here. 
like I'm, I'm on your side because yeah, like, yeah. I, I, I agree with like what you're saying I just when I finished reading this story I wasn't like oh this is stupid this is garbage I was I don't know like I was trying to figure out why I was kind of kind of in the middle I guess as to why I didn't like I didn't I don't I don't mind the story as it's written but I don't yeah. know why like and, and like like I and I I think it's because it's just it's a perspective that I like it, the perspective was was written well but it wasn't a perspective I prefer oh to and me it just felt like something was missing and maybe that's it too like, like I like, finished it and I was like well uh, why did I read this like there's no uh, satisfaction. That I got out of this. Hmm. Yeah. See, my like, and the only <laughs> yeah, and like the, 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 there was nice visuals. Yeah, and that's all that it really had going for it. And then that's... the and then for me the ending like I like the ending is what kind of grabbed me by the end. It was like, oh, this is really, like this is inter- like that was interesting, and I'm just like, hmm, <laughs> like it's it's almost like it's dry, but there's but it's it's a it's a it's a well written dry read, like yeah. it's a dry read, but there is. It was well written, and I just don't. Again, it's just yeah. personally, I don't. Again, like like I said, I would love to have this have have there been a character to go through this with. But again, I think that's just a personal preference for this on the matter, because as the story is as it is written, I don't think it's actually like not worth reading. <laughs> it's 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 personal opinion, obviously. Yeah. Like, and that's really all the show is. Yeah. <laughs> um, now, would it surprise you to hear that this is actually pasta of the month for May of 2015, <laughs> according to creepypasta.wiki? Like, I pulled this off of their pasta of the month, um, <laughs> like, no, uh, the nominated ones, or, like, uh, past winners. Well, I can see how it sort of does, because it, it does have visuals. Yeah. Like, you, you sort of get an idea of each stage, but at the same time, it could be fleshed out more. Oh, yeah. No, for sure. A lot more. Um, and it could be, like I say, an actual story where you're following a protagonist. Mm-hmm. But as it stands, it it isn't. <laughs> yeah. Okay, so bottom line, you wouldn't recommend it. Uh, I won't recommend it unless you like visuals, because that's really all you get out of this. Unless you like the ride, <laughs> not the payoff. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Alright. Unless you want a journey that goes nowhere. Because you end up at the beginning, and you're like, I'm at the beginning, why did I read this? <laughs> <laughs> Alright. <laughs> so, um, yeah, also the comments for this one were kind of funny, because a lot of them were like, okay, one that really stood out for me, <laughs> I was like, wow, like, ow, this hurts. He's like, if I really desire vampirism... Will I, like, will I, will blood start dripping off of the trees, or will I just have this, like, thirst for blood the closer I get to the road? <laughs> I'm just like, well, you're a high schooler. Yeah. A, a goth high schooler. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, there's some pretty uh, funny, there's some pretty funny uh, comments on this one. But, um, yeah, that's not the story. Um, it's just the, uh, the aftermath of it. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, yeah, that was this week's episode. Um, if you like what you hear, if you didn't, leave us a comment in the comments section below. Tell us your thoughts. Um, you, can ch- uh, you can do that at uh, Facebook, YouTube, Tumblr, uh, Kiwi6. Uh, we're on iTunes, so leave us a rating or review. Tell us we suck. Tell us we're awesome. Whatever. Uh, every little bit helps regardless. Um, you can uh, 
Less, or call, or you can contact us on Twitter. Um, Mikey's at E stands for Evil, and me, the Review Cultist, is at Review Cultist. Uh, weird. Um, and you can also send us emails. Go to aldente rigamortis at gmail.com. That's A L D N T E R I G A M R T S at gmail.com. Where you can also send us suggestions for other creepypastas you'd like us to discuss on the show. Um, and if you'd like, you can uh, check out the title cards for each episode at crazonstudios.tumblr.com or on the YouTube channel with the video segments of each episode. Uh, and if you'd like, you can support us. Go to Patreon and look up Aldente Rigamortis and choose the backer tier you'd like to back us at. Uh, we've got behind-the-scenes art, um, making of, roughs, uh, Patreon-specific episodes... Uh, and early access to the episodes before they get up uh, before they go up on Thursdays. So until next time, I have been your host, Review Cultist, and I'm Mikey. The East ends for evil, and this has been Aldente Rigamortis. Sleep well. Yeah. Now we're gonna get five star reviews that say we suck. <laughs> I'd be actually impressed. <laughs> five stars, yeah. You guys suck. <laughs> well, at least. The... <laughs> anyway.